it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Oh, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Oh, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Oh, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he's sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. Uh, no, thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. I believe that we're now in a time in our society where there has been a transfer of wealth, a redistribution of wealth. I think before in society, uh, we were very much um, to pimp a butterfly. We were very much um, pimped by the white society to play their game. And we fell for it, many of us. And just so you know, the redistribution of wealth or income uh, is simply uh, the transfer of income and of wealth, including physical property, from some individuals to others by means of a social mechanism such as taxation, charity, welfare, public services, land reform, monetary policies, divorce, or tort law. So when we talk about the redistribution of wealth here on Black Equity, where we study how business impacts culture and how culture impacts business, what I'm looking at is our knowledge has grown significantly to the point where after having a few conversations within the community and you start seeing all the resources that are out here for us to take advantage of and learn from one another we no longer really I guess we really never had to settle for being pimped and being taken advantage of I'm very proud of so many di- different people who have stood up to this Cory Booker and Kamala Harris situation when people said, no, this is not going to fly this time around. This is going to be unacceptable. And the redistribution of wealth isn't just monetary. The redistribution of wealth is the redistribution of our thinking. redistribution of wisdom and so we live in a time where you know the very smartest person in the room would be would be pulled out by someone um, not of our of our culture 
and they'll bring them up and leave us behind. And that person would forget about their culture. They would make their money uh, for the next 20, 30 years and never do anything for their culture. That's the world and the society in which was there before. And for many, many ways, it's still happening today. We sign over our life to be propped up by somebody else uh, giving us an imaginary authority, whether to be the president of their company or to be a junior venture partner. Instead of just building our own, instead of building our own company and coming in as a, a true equal partner. Many people don't want to give you that. They don't want to give you the equal partner. And so the redistribution of wealth is saying, take 100% equity into your own company and make sure that all deals are favorable uh, to the bottom line of your company and also favorable to your community. You don't have to put yourself automatically at a disadvantage by coming in, not being your own company and operating on your own where you don't necessarily need that person. Yeah, they would make a great client, but you shouldn't rely on one client or one person ever, one source. When they say have multiple sources of income, it also means have multiple clients. Don't rely on one client. The redistribution of wealth. As we study this, as we look deeper into this, it makes me wonder how Barack Obama had all this opportunity. He had he had extreme opportunity to redistribute the wealth in America. He didn't do it. Now there's people running on platforms about reparations. I see uh, Oprah Spiritual Advisors running and offering $10 billion off of reparations. I've heard some brothers say, that's just not enough. If anything, we need land more than just the money. And so that's not going to fly. So they're going to have to go back to the drawing board. There's about to be a redistribution of wealth if you want the black vote. If you want the black vote, you're going to have to answer our demands. And many people would say, well, then that I guess that's considered an, a black agenda. The black, I don't even have to call it a black agenda. All I got to do is call it group economics and call it redistribution of wealth. And the, the skin, the color of my skin just so happens to be black. This, we just moving with our group. And with that said, I have to study Barack. I got to study the civil rights. I have to look at it and wonder what the heck happened? Why didn't we get the redistribution of wealth? And what do what mistakes were made then? So then we can make sure we don't make the same mistakes now going into this election and any future political situations. Because I told y'all before, this is not going to be based off of pol- uh, politics. It's going to be based off of economics. It's all economics. The 
The Supreme Court never ventured into the issues of redistribution of wealth. The tragedies of the civil rights movement was um, because the civil rights movement became so court-focused, uh, I think that there was a tendency to lose track of the political and community organizing and, and activities on the ground that are able to put together the actual coalitions of power through which you bring about redistributive uh, change. That's what doesn't make sense to me, Barack. When you were campaigning, you said you believed in redistribution of wealth. You believed in uh, making sure that everybody had a fair shot. You specifically ran on that platform. And then there was no redistribution of any wealth while you were in office. And so inquiring minds are wanting to know what is going on. And so you hear Kamala Harris is saying that she believes uh, in some form of reparations. We don't know what that means. You hear Marion, I can't think of her last name, Williamson, uh, Oprah's spiritual advisor. She's running on uh, was it 10 billion or is it a hundred billion dollars and 10 billion dollars each year for reparations you know the people are saying no that's not enough right they're saying well you need to up that number and give us land which is you know true 40 acres and a mule right so we are when we're looking at that it makes me look at Obama like so these people are running on these platforms why didn't you run on this you know, I guess back then they're saying, well, it, it couldn't have been done. He was a, a black candidate. You know, the first one, you know, you have to approach it a certain type of way <laughs> to appease whoever you're appeasing. No, we're not appeasing nobody no more. If you want the black vote, you're going to have to start looking at the redistribution of wealth. That's the black vote. If you want the black vote, that's what's going to have to happen. Because if, if they were doing it in Civil Rights and they was asking then, we can't ask now. I told y'all that a couple episodes back. Listen to how they was asking back then. And then listen to what we're saying now. We don't have to argue with anybody. We don't have to curse and go around acting bad with our words. We don't need any bricks and bottles. We don't need any Molotov cocktails. We just need to go around to these stores and to these massive industries in our country and say, God sent us by here to say to you that you're not treating his children right. And we come by here to ask you to make the first item on your agenda fair treatment where God's children are concerned. Now, if you are not prepared to do that, we do have an agenda that we must follow. And our agenda calls for withdrawing economic support from you. So as a result of this, we're asking you tonight to go out and tell your neighbors not to buy Coca-Cola in Memphis. 
go by and tell them not to buy sealed test milk. Tell them not to buy what is all the bread, wonder bread. And what is all the bread come to dressing? Tell them not to buy hearts bread. As Jesse Jackson has said up to now, only the garbage men have been feeling pain. Now we must kind of redistribute the pain. Woolworth didn't start out big like they are today. They started out with a dime store and expanded and expanded and expanded until today they're all over the country and all over the world and they're getting some of everybody's money. Now this is what you and I and General Motors, the same way it didn't start out like it is. It started out just a little rat race type operation. And it expanded and expanded until today is where it is right now. And you and I have to make a start. And the best place to start is right in the community where we live. So our people not only have to be uh, re-educated to the importance of supporting black business, but the black man himself has to be uh, made aware of the importance of going into business. And once you and I go into business, we own and operate at least the businesses in our community, what we will be doing is developing a situation wherein we will actually be able to create employment for the people in the community. And once you can create some, I mean, some employment in the community where you live, it will eliminate the necessity of you and me having to act ignorantly and disgracefully boycotting and picketing some cracker someplace else trying to dig him for a job. We are in a position where we cannot beg anyone for anything. Create your own businesses. Create your own value. Uh, sell Sell your services high-quality services, high-quality products to your community. We talked about this on the economics. We talked about there being a state of emergency, a national emergency. We have to really wake up. Don't just buy black, sell black. Don't just buy black, sell black. There's too much talent Uh, that listens to this podcast. There's too much talent that's in our community. It's time for all of us to be entrepreneurs in some form or fashion. Black equity has become a, a place for us to come together, build on ideas, and continue seeing, you know, what is the future for our culture? Taking a snapshot of our culture. And with that comes great opportunities for us to start sitting down with some of the thought leaders in our space. And so you will be seeing thought leaders coming on board. And if you would like to apply uh, to be a thought leader, uh, you can actually find our link on our Instagram at Black Equity Pod. Uh, very shortly, you'll see the uh, application to be a thought leader 
and to potentially come on Black Equity and give your thoughts on a particular topic. Um, So be on the lookout for that and uh, continue listening uh, each day here at Black Equity as we look at different topics that are coming in and out of the community. Right now, we're looking at the redistribution of wealth and we're letting we're really taking in. We can see it happening. You're going to have to give up a lot for our culture. You're not going to be able to pimp the black vote. And these candidates are proving it every day. They they couldn't come with nothing today. It's quiet on the Western front. So they, they, they tip their toe in the water. Everybody try to see what this, this climate is like. And uh, they were for open for a rude awakening. And now they're going to try to sink their teeth, uh, sink, stick their toe back in. And we're going to see what's going to happen. It's going to be a redistribution of wealth because it's already happening. All of us are waking up. The redistribution of wealth was the knowledge that we all are starting to have about having our own businesses and operating as such. We're going to start laying down the groundwork. We're going to start laying down the exact steps you need to take. So you need to pay attention to that as we move forward. Oh, Mr. O'Brien has just been telling me a very interesting story. Go ahead, Mr. O'Brien. How are you going to make all that money? I'm making an investment. Oh, what kind of an investment? Property. I'm buying property. In the ghetto? Yeah. That's good business? It is, if you know what you're doing. And you know what you're doing. That's right. I'm a doctor, Mr. O'Brien, but occasionally I do invest in real estate. I must admit I'd be a little hesitant about making an investment in the black ghetto. You might be wrong about that. You really think so? In a day or two, I'm going to make some very happy niggers by plunking down $100,000 for their ghetto property. Of course, they don't know I've already contracted to sell it for half a million. I think I'll get a refill. You think there's anything in it? Possibly. What kind of property are you buying? Tenements. But can you explain how you managed to make such a good sale? It's the location. The value of that land's going up. The blacks are too stupid to realize what it's really worth. I'm not. Excuse me. Mr. O'Brien. I might be interested in seeing that property. Uh, yes, so would I. I can't show it to you. Why not? Well, why do you think? You might try to cut me out. <laughs> I don't do business that way, Mr. O'Brien. 